and to be able to be in a state of death. Uh, so that they wouldn't get in their own way. And this is connected with the idea of being empty. Emptiness, being somehow vacant, was the secret of the thing. The, the highest kind of knowledge is not know-how, but know-how, N-O hyphen H-O-W. To be able to do it know-how without any method. To achieve this, something is practiced which is called fasting the heart. The heart uh, in Chinese is a word which doesn't mean heart in the physiological sense. You see, it's part of the der character. Shin. It's usually located about here. And it means heart-mind. It's equivalently translated as mind. And in all the Zen texts where the word mind is used, no mind, mushin, it is this character. The psychic center. Now, the best kind of heart is absence of heart. In English, the word heartless has a very bad connotation, as does the word mindless. A heartless person is an inconsiderate, unfeeling person. A mindless person is an idiot. But a person who has mushin, or no mind, or no heart in Chinese, is a very high order of person. It means that his psychic center doesn't get in its own way. It operates as if it wasn't there. Zhuangzi says that the highest form of man uses his shin like a mirror. It grasps nothing. It refuses nothing. It receives but does not keep. And the poem says when the geese fly over the water and they are, are reflected in the water, that the geese do not intend to cast their reflection and the water has no mind to retain their image. So, the whole thing is, you see, to operate in the world as if you were absent. Now, this is built into us physiologically, fundamentally. Let me ask you simply, what is the color of your head from the standpoint of your eyes? Your eyes don't see your head, do they? You look all around and you see everything else, but your head you don't see. Do you feel that your head is black? No. Hasn't any color at all. Outside, you see, your field of vision is an oval, two eyes, and this creates sort of two centers of an ellipse. So there's this whole field of vision now, experiment. What is beyond the field of vision? What color is it where you can't see? It isn't black. This is an important point. It's no color at all. 
beyond there. And in this way, you can get an idea of what is meant by that character that I discussed this morning, Schwann, which although it formally has the meaning of darkness, this one, although it formally has the meaning of darkness and the deep and the obscure, it actually refers to this kind of no color, which is the color of your head, so far as your eyes are concerned. Now, so in this sense, the invisibility of one's head, almost the not having of any head at all, is the secret of being alive. To be headless, you might say, to have no head, in just the sense I'm talking about, is our way of talking about the Chinese expression, mushin, no mind. Now, as a matter of fact, if you want to see the inside of your head, all you have to do is keep your eyes open. Because everything that you're experiencing in the external visual field is a state of your brain. All these colors and shapes are the way in which the brain nerves translate the electrical impulses in the external world being the world outside the envelope of skin. So they translate all what is going on outside into impulses which are to us shape and color. But shape and color are states of the nerves, so what you see when your eyes are open is how it feels inside your head. You think your head is a blank, but actually it's being a blank you don't see your brain as an external uh, undulating corrugated structure. You see your brain as everything outside. So in this way, the, the, the emptiness of one's head is the condition of seeing. The transparency of the eye lens is the condition of seeing colors. It has no color itself. <coughs> Eckhart said this, because my eye has no color, it is able to discern color. This is in Germany in the uh, 13th century. Uh, the, this is fundamental Taoist idea of being absent as a condition of being present. Being not there. So, well, Zhuangzi says, when your belt is comfortable, you don't feel it. When your shoes are comfortable, it is as if you weren't wearing any. Likewise, your clothes, you see? The more you are aware of these things, the less properly they are made, or the less properly they fit. But we raise an objection to this, a very simple objection. If I don't know I'm there, I seem to be missing everything. We want to know that we know. If we're happy and we don't know we're happy, we might just as well not be happy. To be happy and to know that you're happy is really the overflowing of the cup of life. Of course, the penalty 
for that is to be miserable and to know that you're miserable. Some people are miserable without knowing it. <laughs> but uh, you know my limerick, there was a young man who said, though, it seems that I know that I know. What I would like to see is the eye that knows me when I know that I know that I know. <laughs> and this is the great human predicament. The development of self-consciousness, the development of the possibility of reflecting upon one's own knowledge. And this is simultaneously a blessing and a curse. And Taoism does not escape this problem. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't avoid this problem, it deals with it. But it doesn't deal with it obviously. So we get back to this fundamental verse about the nature of De. What is highly virtuous is a virtue that is not conscious of itself as virtue. The moment it's conscious of itself as such, you see, it, it fails. So in this way, we love to see a child dancing all by itself, lost in the dance and not performing for an audience. We say, oh, if only I could dance like that. If only I could become like a child again, innocent. But then soon we know when parents notice how beautifully a child dances and they all approve of it and say to this child, dance for us child begins to lose this power and it puts on airs it knows it's noticed and we don't like that say so that's affectation that's showing off that's phony what we want you to do is to dance as if you had no audience not even yourself which of course puts the child in a double bind because it says to the child we require you to do something that will be acceptable only if you do it as if it wasn't required. <laughs> we do that all the time to our children and to each other. You must love me. After all, you promised to do so to when we got married, didn't you? And uh, so on. So, this is the difficulty. But somehow, the very great artist in the maturity of his life, somehow uh, is able at least to give the impression that he does what he does without playing to the gallery, without self-consciousness. It seems perfectly natural. <clears throat> so how does he get there? There was a Taoist sage later than Lao Tzu. His name was Lie Tzu. We romanize that as L-I-E-H, Lie. And he had a reputation for being able to ride on the wind. So light. John Tzu says in one place, it's easy enough to stand still. The difficulty is to walk without touching the ground. Because in the state of being in accord with the Tao, there is a certain feeling of weightlessness.